All right, we'll keep going here. All right, so this last week at VBS, we've hit some of my favorite Bible stories. Um, We learned about Joseph and Esther and uh, Jesus appearing on the road to Emmaus, and we learned about Paul. Uh, We also, so we've zoomed in on what it means to live fully alive. We're living like God is with us, we're living like God has a plan for us, and we're living like Jesus is alive. On Thursday, we had another incredible true story from the Bible, and we would like to share it with you this morning, and I have asked two friends to help me out this morning. Can you welcome up Miss Londa and Mr. Carter Faisal to the stage? Don't go too fast. You might hurt your back. All right, so before Jesus died on the cross um, and rose again, he ate one final meal with his disciples. Jesus knew that the time was coming when he'd no longer be with them, and so he wanted to make sure that they knew what was the most important thing to carry on his mission after he was gone. Uh, We have this conversation recorded for us in the book of John when Jesus said, I give you a new command. New? Now, that's something that would have made the disciples sit up and take notes. A new command. Something they'd never been taught before. Everything Jesus said was important, but this, this has got to be so important if he said it was new. This is definitely something to pay attention to. So Jesus said in John 13, verse 34 through 35, he says, I give you a new command, love one another. You must love one another just as I have loved you. If you love one another, everyone will know you are my disciples. So love one another. That might not sound like anything too new to you guys, but back then, It was new, okay? These disciples had never heard anything like this before. Loving others and caring about others just wasn't something that people necessarily did back then. And on top of that, loving others like Jesus loved others, that was certainly not a natural thing for people to do. Because think about how Jesus loved people. He healed people. Healing for everyone, especially sick people. He served people. Want bread, want fish, there's plenty more. And he taught people. Blessed are the meek, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the peacemakers. And shortly after his meal with the disciples, Jesus would even give up his life for people. That kind of love just was not done back then in those times. People were selfish, they were self-centered, and they were greedy. And there was this new command, this new way of living and loving for the new believers. It was pretty cool. What a load of hogwash. If you ask me, people being nice to other people, ha, and stay off my lawn. I, uh, I didn't think they had lawns back then, but you know, okay. Then stay off my sand. Well, as you can tell, there was the new way of living, which was the way that Jesus was telling people to live, and there was the old way of living. 
That's right, this is my way and I'm always going to live it. It is my way and I like it. So one way to live would be to be selfish with your food. I eat alone. I don't want your youngsters touching all my food. I have a hard enough time digesting solid meat without your grubby little paws getting all over it. It doesn't sound like a very fun way to eat to me, but, you know. And if there are any leftovers, guess who they are for? Me. So that was the old way. And then there was the new way that Jesus was talking about. It could totally change how we see our food when we think about loving others. If anybody wants to come on over to my house, you're welcome. Everyone's invited. I even took fresh bread out of the oven. Grumpy Carter, would you like to come over for dinner? The only thing I want to eat is potatoes, mashed in fine paste and sucked through a straw, and I'm not sharing. Well, you're always welcome, and we have plenty to share with you. So another way to live would be to be selfish with your stuff. What's mine is mine, and it's staying mine. I worked for it, I paid for it, and I'm keeping it. Oh, and stay off my sand. Or there was the new way, a way that helped us look at our stuff the way that Jesus might have looked at the stuff that he owned. Well, of course you can use anything of mine. Keep it as long as you want. Just return it when you're finished. Grumpy Carter, is there something you'd like to borrow? Borrow something and have to owe you something back? Forget it. I'd rather keep my stuff mine and your stuff yours. Okay, well, if you change your mind and you need something, please ask. What? Are you crazy? I don't understand you all. So another way to live would to be selfish with your time. Now, the old way to spend your time would be to get up, get out of bed, go to work, um, come home from work, sit around by yourself, and then go to bed only to get up the next morning and do the same thing over again every day. And if there were any time left over, guess who it was for? Me. However, when Jesus talked about loving others, he gave us a new way to spend our time by talking to people, sharing stories, having discussions about the thing that, things that Jesus was saying, and visiting people in need. I heard that. And actually spending time with others. Oh, hey, do you want to come with me to small group later? No way. I'm spending my time on me eating my cream corn. Okay, that's not a problem. Is there some way we can pray for you? What? Pray for me? Sure, my small group gets together and go over prayer for people that need it. Do you need any? I no, thank you. So the people who followed Jesus lived differently. They shared their lives together. They ate and they prayed together. They even sold their things to people who needed them. So every day, they met together praising God and learning about Jesus. They loved one another. And in time, people noticed. What is it about those people with giving and sharing and spending all their time together? Well, we do all of these things, living in this way, sharing things, talking and praying together, because that's what Jesus did, and that's what he taught us. We love each other because that's how Jesus loved us. So maybe you'd like to join us sometime. There's always finely mashed potatoes you could eat. 
I told you, I only eat them with a... Huh, well, that's just really thoughtful. Maybe I might come over sometime. Aw, uh, Carter. Calm down, I'm a delicate flower. <laughs> All right, thank you guys so much for helping. Can you give them a round of applause? All right, so in the book of Acts, we read that this was a huge part of how God grew the church. So Luke tells us in Acts 2, verse 47, every day the Lord added to their group those who were being saved. So every day, more and more people came to believe in Jesus. The love that Jesus' followers had for others was contagious. The good news of Jesus' love spread across countries and continents over decades and millions and centuries of years until it got to you and it got to me. Now, this new command to love one another may not seem so new anymore, but it's still just as important as it was back then. And it makes a huge impact on the world today and the people around us. And guess what? The new way, you know, the Jesus way, that's what we get to do in our lives right now in 2018. God can help us to choose to not be selfish with our time or with our stuff or even ourselves, but to share those things with people who need them. And that kind of goes back to our bottom line that Londa was talking about, by living like people matter. And that's the example that Jesus gave us when he was here on earth. When we live like people matter, we can let them know that we are followers of Jesus, just by how we show love to others around us. Four simple words. Live like people matter. Live your life like those around you are important to you, not like you don't care about them. Jesus cared for those around him, and really, it didn't matter what kind of people they were, because he loved everyone. Do you know how hard that is to love everyone? It's really, really hard. And so let's go live like we love others and show them that they matter. Would you join me in prayer? God, we thank you so much for bringing us all here today, and we thank you that you've given us this message to share today, and I uh, just pray that we can love others the same way that you love us, without asking anything in return, with no expectation and without limits. We love you, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Give Bree a hand for that message. That was awesome. So Pastor Jason was ribbing me this morning. He said, yeah, you're going to have like eight minutes at the end because the pastor has to get up and, you know, and do the pastoral authority thing to authenticate everything that happened ahead. The truth is, I don't have to authenticate anything that happened all week because those of you who are here that served all week, I tell you, as a pastor, and I, I'm speaking now, and Pastor John wasn't here but I know he was thinking about it because he loves uh, Vacation Bible School. Pastor Bo was here. Pastor Jason was here. For us to see the body of Christ coming alongside of kids, caring for them, loving them, working together to accomplish together what none of us could do alone, that's really awesome. And this morning what we heard is a great message of Live like people matter. And the, the overarching theme this week was live like Jesus is alive. Live like Jesus is alive. And the leaders for Vacation Bible School this week 
were excited and passed on that excitement to the kids. And the kid, it was an exponential growth of excitement as I watched. Now, I don't know how many vacation Bible schools I've seen. Yeah, yeah, you know, you've been to one, you've been to all of them. This one was really, really, Londa did a great job organizing and her team did a fantastic job organizing. You could have come at any time and you would see ministry happening in organized groups with leaders and volunteers and kids. It was really good. One thing I wanted to share this morning that is found early in the book of Acts that shows people who are living like people matter and living because living in a way that they live out and believe Jesus is alive is in Acts chapter 4. Now, I'm giving you guys a switcheroo up there. I'm, I'm really not going to use those slides right away, but let me, look, let me read to you from Acts chapter 4, verse 32. It says, when all of the people were filled with the Holy Spirit, they spoke the word of God boldly, uh, Peter and John and his group. It says, all the believers were one in heart and mind. This is the, this is the new way side over here. They were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. Now that's very countercultural for us. In our culture, and I've, I've had Christians tell me this over the years as we've, as we've gone at, at this passage in Acts 4. They say, hey, that's communism. You're preaching so, you're social. You're preaching the social gospel. And I've told them, no, actually, it's just Acts chapter 4. No, seriously, it's just Acts chapter 4. It's not communism. It's not the social gospel. But in the 20th and now 21st century in North America, in the United States, there are this thing called property rights and freedom and ownership. And uh, I think what, what the old man over here said was so true. What's mine is mine. I worked for it. I paid for it. I bought it. It's mine. I ain't giving it away. I ain't borrowing it to anybody. And that's really so much of our culture, is that what's mine is mine. But it says here that uh, no one claimed that any of their possessions was their own. Mi casa su casa, right? My house is your house. What I have is yours. Isn't it great to be around people like that? You know people like that. They're, they're awesome to be around. Like, if I can help you, I'm going to help you. If you need something that I have, I will let you borrow it. Then it says, with great power, the apostles continued to testify. Here's what they testified. What do you think they would testify to? What do you think the apostles talked about in the early church as they were living out this newfound love for one another? Here's what they talked about. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. That's what they were talking about. He's alive. He's alive. He's not in the tomb. He's not dead. They didn't kill our Savior. They didn't kill our leader. He's alive. Because he's alive, we can live differently. Because he's alive, it changes everything. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them. That's what God's grace does when it's at work in us. There are no needy people. People get cared for. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them 
brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. This is how these people lived, because it changed them on the inside. And for so many of you, I've seen how you live and how it it changes you on the inside. See, that's the difference between religion and faith in Jesus Christ, because faith in Jesus Christ is a relationship of love that produces life, a relationship of love that produces life inside of us. And that life is contagious to others. So now let's go to the last two slides, guys, that I actually gave you. It's from Mark chapter 8. There it is. In Mark chapter 8, verse 35, it says, Sitting down, Jesus called the twelve and said, Anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. He took a little child whom he placed among them, and he took them, taking the child in his arms, he said to them, Whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me. So now we're hopscotching to the past five days and to this morning. Jesus said, whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me. And then he said this, and whoever welcomes me doesn't just welcome me, but he welcomes him who sent me. So if you were a volunteer this, this week, and a little kid came up, who you'd, you'd rather not embrace because he or she wasn't exactly like your little kid or your little grandkid, but you embrace them anyway, and you welcome that little kid, you welcome Jesus. And then Jesus said, you didn't just welcome me, you welcomed the one who sent me. Because Jesus said right before that in Mark chapter 8, Whoever would be greatest among you, whoever would be first must be last, must be the servant of all. So if you would welcome a little child, you're welcoming me. Kids ministry and what happened this past week is so important. It's so important. It's not an afterthought in a church. It's not the, it's not the attached ministry that is one rung down or five rungs down from adult ministry. Honestly, you know this. Kids' ministry is more important than than adult ministry. It is more important. Because us, it's it's concrete here. It's it's hardened, right? The cement has hardened. With little kids, it's still it's still moldable. You can still form it and shape it. it. Hasn't hardened yet. And you want to figure it out and fix it before it hardens. Because once it hardens, here we are. So kids' ministry is so important. Between the ages of 4 and 14, 80% of all Christians come to faith in Christ between those ages of 4 and 14. So what we did this week was so important. And if you volunteered for VBS this week, it's so important. And my prayer this morning, as us pastors prayed together, was that what happened this week would have ramifications eternally. Not just this week, next week, next year, but eternally. The kids came face-to-face with Jesus this week when they came face-to-face with you. And when you came face-to-face with a kid, you also came face-to-face with Jesus. To the least of these, you've done it to me.
So this is cool stuff, and I don't have the five things memorized, but uh, live like, what was up there earlier, live like people matter, that was one of the five. And each day was a live like, with the overarching theme of live like Jesus is alive. So let's learn it from our kids, all right? Let's learn it from them that we can live like Jesus is alive. And if you've got kids that were here, keep stoking those flames in them this coming week, next week, the week after. Keep talking to them. What do you remember? What did you bring home? Let's look at it. Keep that experience alive with them because it's going to be very important in their lives. Now, parents, you got to listen up. This is really important. For the next four Sundays, we're not going to be in here. But for the next four Sundays, Kids Church goes through the fifth grade, through and including the fifth grade. So for the next four Sundays, all your kids, fifth grade and under, will be in Children's Church or, I suppose, in the nursery. Uh, Now, I I don't know how far Kids Church normally goes. Think through the first or second grade. But for the next four weeks through fifth grade. So when you come next week, I would come a minute or two earlier than you normally do. And when you come, you're going to come in and you're going to go down this hall over here. You're going to go through the coffee shop and you're going to turn left. You're going to go down the hall and you're either going to go into the square or you're going to go into the gathering place if it's 1030. At 1030, we're going to have two rooms, the square and the gathering place. What you do is you peek in and you see who's already in there. And if you see somebody you like, then you go in that room, right? I know that's what you're going to do. So if you're the first one, I don't know who the first one's going to be that goes in and sits down, but there, and you're, it's your choice. Once one room fills up, then you won't have a choice, but it's your choice which room to go, which room to go into. They may be set up differently, but we, we don't have that completely nailed down yet, but we've got some good ideas. So when you come next week, 1030, there's two spots to go to. Pick, pick one out and take your kid right from the get-go to kids' church. We won't, they won't start in, this, in the service at all. They're going to have kids' church the whole hour through the fifth grade right from the start. By the way, if you have coffee, please spill it on your way out because we will be taking up, we will be taking up the carpet. So would you pray with me? Let's, uh, let's pray. And uh, then I want to invite Josh. Josh, if you would come up. He's got an announcement when I'm done praying. Father, thank you for the opportunity we have Uh, to gather together today and celebrate. Lord, we celebrated what happened this week with our kids. We give you thanks for that, Lord. Uh, We thank you for the volunteers. We thank you for all the kids. We thank you for kids from our community that may have never been in our church facility before. God, we thank you that they were here. And we pray that you would continue to help us to make a difference in the lives of young people through our ministry here at Community Heights. Lord, help us as we go out. Help us to live like people matter because they do. You died for all of us. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.